You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Had quite an exciting week in the world of sports. Um, you know, Super Bowl is now set, so we'll discuss that. Um, discuss the Chiefs and Buccaneers, see what we think in there. Also take a look back at UFC 254. Not 254, <laughs> 257. Um, saw Conor McGregor get knocked out in the second round. So um, dive a little bit into that. What's next for Conor McGregor? Um, as well as looking at college basketball, taking a look at some of the news that happened over the weekend. Some teams coming back, other teams on pause. Um, as well as giving out some picks for college basketball. So um, starting out, let's take a little bit look on Saturday night. We had UFC 257. Um, the... First fight we had with, um, ah, man, I <laughs> forgot his name, Ottoman Azar, whatever his name is, um, ended up getting canceled. He actually ended up getting fired from the UFC for bringing um, an un, unregistered, not an unregistered, that's not the right word, an unprohibited person to the bubble in Abu Dhabi, something, uh, someone who wasn't supposed to be there. He brought, <laughs> brought an outside person to the bubble in Abu Dhabi. So UFC fires him, um, and that fight gets scratched off the card, but... So we only end up having one fight, um, and that is the main event, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Uh, Conor McGregor, we had him to win inside the distance at minus 190, um, which ended up not being a good bet at all. Dustin Poirier ends up knocking him out in the second round. I um, mean, you know, Conor started this fight out pretty well. Um, first round, definitely, I don't know that he dominated, but he landed quite a few good punches, um, moved around very well. Um, but after his leg kind of gave out on him there, Dustin Poirier kind of took advantage of that after, you know, he hit that, that one great punch and then it was kind of all over from there, all downhill for, for McGregor after that one. Um, but you know, I don't know, I don't know what's next for Conor McGregor or for Pierre at that point. You know, he could probably, Poirier can fight really whoever he wants, if he wants Khabib, if he wants whatever. Um, I mean, if he's just looking at money, probably the, the most money he's going to make is if he goes round three against McGregor and <laughs> we we get that fight. Um, but as far as McGregor goes, I mean, the Khabib-McGregor fight that's kind of been trying to happen or whatever, I don't know that we're ever going to see that one again. Um, it, I mean, McGregor... You know, the some of the UFC super fans or whatever argue that McGregor is still in his prime or whatever, but I feel like that, that's just not the case. You know, he's not the champ's champ anymore. Um, he, this is a fight that a couple years ago he would have absolutely dominated. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how both these fighters bounce back and what we see from them next. But um, as far as our pick go, we ended up losing that. So uh, let's take a little bit of a look after that, though. Um, some of the college basketball picks we had from last card. Uh, not the greatest weekend for college basketball. Kind of um, ended it off all right, but it's not not a great start. Starting off on Friday, January 22nd, the first game we had, we had Indiana, uh, Purdue, Fort Wayne taking on Green Bay. Um, Green Bay ended up winning this game outright, 77 to 59. And Emmanuel Hassan put up 18 points for Green Bay off the bench. Had a great game in this one. Um, and Green Bay just shot the ball very, very well from beyond the arc. 42.9% from three compared to Purdue Fort Wayne's 22.2 from three. Um, and it was just a kind of a, a tough game for Purdue Fort Wayne all around. Couldn't really get a whole lot going. Green Bay um, looked a lot better in this game than they have for much of the season. So um, get a loss there. And the second loss we had on Friday, we had South Dakota minus seven and a half versus Western Illinois. Uh, South Dakota did end up winning this game 65 to 60, and they had a chance multiple times late in the game to kind of run away with it, you know, maybe cover this spread, uh, but only end up winning by five. And they shot decently well um, in this game, 43.4% from the field. Western Illinois, on the other hand, shot 33.9% from the field, um, but kind of turnovers kind of st um, stumbled some of 
South Dakota's late possessions, you know, nine turnovers in the game. Western Illinois, only six turnovers. So, end up getting a second loss there for Friday's card. Um, and Saturday, <laughs> moving into that, wasn't a whole lot better. Um, ended up having six games on the card, and surprisingly, none of them got canceled. It seems like every Saturday card, um, a couple games, end up getting canceled this year. But we started out with UNC Greensboro taking on Chattanooga. Um, and we were on Chattanooga earlier in the week against Sanford, and they that was a great game for us. But Chattanooga plus three and a half in this one. Um, end up losing, though, UNC Greensboro 74-66. to um, Allegro Agree put up 17 points for UNC Greensboro, um, and this really came down to rebounding. You know, UNC Greensboro just absolutely destroyed Chattanooga on the on the board. You know, 40 rebounds compared to Chattanooga's 26. Um, so started out with the loss there. Um, and then moving into the ACC, we had uh, NC State taking on North Carolina. NC State five and a half point underdogs um, in that one. North Carolina wins outright, wins by 10, 86 to 76. Um, you know, Daron Sharp and Amido Bacot put up 33 points and 18 rebounds combined for North Carolina. Um, had an absolutely amazing game. And another team that just um, rebounded the lights out. North Carolina, 44 rebounds to North, uh, uh, NC State's 30 rebounds. So um, get a loss there. Um, but the next one, a game that I wasn't, that I liked, but what probably wasn't my favorite play of the day by any means was Florida minus four versus Georgia. Florida ends up winning 92 to 84, getting us our first win of the day. Um, and, you know, this game really comes down to just good play all around offensively for Florida. You know, Trey Main puts up 24 points uh, for the Gators, um, and as well as Florida pulls down 41 rebounds compared to Georgia's 27. Um, and really helped him get second chance opportunities to get this score, keep the score up because I mean, this was a, a extremely high scoring game, um, in that one. So get the win there. Um, the next game we had SoCon matchup had Furman taken on East Tennessee, uh, East Tennessee state 71 Furman 62 for that final, um, Furman, while they're a very good team and I definitely like them still to win the SoCon, it's, this was kind of a disappointing showing from them. Um, you know, only it hit 25.8% from three, which is not a Furman-like stat. Usually they're up in the 40s. ETSU, on the other hand, 41.7 in this game. Um, and, you know, Damon Muscat, 22 points for ETSU. Um, you know, this Furman team, um, as of Monday recording this, you know, now they're officially on pause um, for some positive, positive tests inside the program. So we're not going to be, we're not going to see them for a couple weeks um, or, or so. But this Furman team, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with this team come March um, if they get a shot at the tournament or if uh, some other SoCon team sneaks in. But, um, yeah, end up losing that game. Um, the next game we had, we had Milwaukee taking on Cleveland State. Milwaukee, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Milwaukee ends up actually winning this game in a tight one, 81-80 in overtime. Um, Tajon Lucas, 31 points and 10 rebounds from Milwaukee. Had an absolute monster game. Um, and Milwaukee did a very good job not turning the ball over in this one. Only 10 turnovers compared to Cleveland State's 12. Um, and just a very good game from Milwaukee in this one. They looked, they looked like a very good basketball team watching it. But um, So get that win, get the second one of the day. Um, and to close out the day, we had kind of a shocking game out of LSU. I had LSU plus one versus Kentucky. Kentucky ends up winning this one 82-69. to um, And while in a normal year, a score like that from Kentucky and LSU might not be a, might not be a crazy stat. In a year like this, um, where Kentucky is just absolutely horrible, it is kind of a shock. You know, LSU has struggled as of late um, in their last few games, losing a couple there. And they just, they just have, yeah, they just really struggled. Not winning games, um... And they're not a, a, a Will Wade team that you are used to seeing. They they just just haven't been good. You know, Brandon Boston puts up 18 points for Kentucky in this one. 
Um, and LSU really their their struggles came from the three, um, only hitting seventeen point four percent shots from the on the arc. And you know that's just not a stat in the modern game that's going to win you a whole lot of games. So end up going two and four for Saturday. Um, now moving on to Sunday, it was a slightly better day. End up winning both games. Um, we started out with like Ola Chicago minus six and a half versus Bradley. Um, and Loyola Chicago, while they let it get close um, near the end of the game, they were absolutely destroying Bradley for majority of this game. End up winning sixty nine to fifty six. Um, Creighton Kuwat, uh, nah, <laughs> Cameron Kruig put up 19 points for Loyola Chicago, um, and Loyola Chicago shot very, very good, 56% from the field, Bradley only 45.1% from the field, um, and you know, Loyola Chicago is definitely at the top of the Missouri Valley, and we'll hit on that a little bit later when we get to the, breaking down some of the news in college basketball, but Loyola Chicago looks like they could make, um, yet another tournament run this season, so definitely a team to watch out for. Um, and the next game we had for Sunday, we had Notre Dame taking on Miami. Notre Dame plus two in this one. Notre Dame ends up winning outright pretty easily, 73 to 59. Um, you know, while Notre Dame started the season with struggles, they've looked very good in their last few games. You know, Paris Hub put up 19 points for them in this one. Um, and this game really came down to one stat, and that was shooting the three. Miami absolutely struggled in this one, only hitting 13.6% of their shots from beyond the arc. Uh, Notre Dame 55.6 um, from three. So that stat kind of the tells the story of that game. So getting us our second win on Sunday. Um, and then moving on to some Monday's picks. Currently recording some Monday, so we obviously don't have those finished. But we do know the UNC uh, Wilmington versus Furman game is getting canceled because of those uh, issues with Furman. So don't have to worry about that one. Leaving only um, Southern Illinois plus five and a half versus Indiana State. Um, Southern Illinois, very good team. Another good team in the Missouri Valley. So be interesting to see how that one finishes out. Um, but let's take a little bit of a look at the um, NFL picks that we had over the weekend. Starting out in the NFC Championship, we had the Packers minus three over the Buccaneers. And while the Packers definitely had chances to <laughs> to score, you know, they made Tom Brady turn the ball over three times. And that really, they're, they they had opportunities. They just couldn't quite get it. Buccaneers ended up winning 31 to 26. Um, and it really, everyone will talk about the, the questionable play calling from Matt LaFleur, you know, kicking the field goal when you're down eight, which was, uh, was a, a very stupid move. I mean, you don't give Tom Brady the ball back like that. Um, especially down a touchdown like that, that close with Aaron Rodgers. You got to go for that one. Um, but it, it was kind of just honestly not a great showing from the Packers. You know, everyone will complain about the no calls from penalties and whatnot. Um, but let's be honest, that was just how most of the game was going. Um, and while there were a few questionable calls, no doubt, it doesn't really, you know, it never comes down to one play. The Buccaneers defense kind of showed up when they needed to, <clears throat> made a couple stops, and and that was the game. So Buccaneers find themselves in the Super Bowl. Um, and the second game we had, we had the AFC Championship, Bills-Chiefs. Um, this game was, you know, Bills took an early lead, um, with which was honestly, you know, uh, a muffed punt and um, a, an early field goal. You know, uh, Tyreek Hill drop was what gave the Bills that early lead. But the Chiefs, the Chiefs looked like the, the, the playoff Chiefs from last year. Um, yet another <laughs> playoff comeback for Patrick Mahomes. That'll be at only like 10 points or whatever it was, but still a comeback nonetheless. You know, Mahomes puts up 325 yards, three touchdowns in this one. Tyreek Hill had himself a heck of a game, 172 yards um, in this game. And, you know, the Chiefs just show that while they might not have covered the spread in like their last nine games or whatever it is, they can basically turn it on um, whenever they wanted. And obviously the AFC Championship was the first game where where they needed to. So it'll definitely be one of the better Super Bowls I think we've had in a while with the Buccaneers and Chiefs. Um, I think it should be a very fun game. So we'll see what happens there. We'll preview that um, next week on 
on that podcast, get some prop bets out there and whatnot. But that about wraps that up for the results for this past weekend. But before we get into some picks for the week, let's take a little bit look at what else has kind of been happening in the NFL as of late, um, and as well as break down this the Super Bowl matchup. Um, but the first thing, one another retirement that we had over this uh, the weekend, we had Greg Olson retired, um, going to be joining the Fox broadcast, which <laughs> as yet another another former tight end to join um the broadcasting ranks you know got greg olson here we had uh um jason witten a couple years ago in the monday night booth had gronk going into the into fox last year got tony gonzalez obviously at fox so um definitely seems like those those good tight ends are uh definitely a pipeline to get broadcasting jobs for whatever reason you know traditionally the quarterback or whatever but um seen a lot of tight ends of recent so that's kind of an kind of an interesting little thing um and another big move name that we had um over the weekend we had Matt Stafford released by the um, Detroit Lions, so he's officially a free agent. Um, it definitely be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, definitely a lot of teams that could could benefit from him, and it definitely you know a new team will kind of show what he really is. You know, um, it's always been that you know he doesn't never had a good team around him. Always on the Lions is a lot of the reason for his lack of I guess postseason success or any really even postseason appearance. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what Matt Stafford can do. Um, in a new organization. Um, and speaking of quarterbacks who in new organizations, Tom Brady will be appearing in his 10th Super Bowl um, in two weeks for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and this will be the first Super Bowl ever played where the, the home team of the Super Bowl is going to be playing in their home their home stadium. Um, it's kind of ironic <laughs> that it's happening um, in a pandemic year where, you know, we're going to have a limited fans. There's still like 22 some thousand people there. Um, but it'll definitely be less, you know, with like a, a third of those tickets going to healthcare workers. You know, it, it'll be interesting. I don't know if those the, those healthcare workers are all from the Tampa area, which if they are, seems like a slight unfair advantage and maybe an oversight on the NFL's part. But <laughs> um, it'll definitely definitely good for for them to be getting tickets. Um, but I did see that the the average Super Bowl ticket cost this year is absolutely insane. You know, with that with those with basically. What I don't know what it ends up being like fifteen thousand tickets or however much about that up for sale. It's about ten thousand dollars a ticket to attend Super Bowl Fifty Five, which is just an absolutely ridiculous price to go to <laughs> to go to a football game. But um, I'm sure there'll be some crazy fans there who spend that money. Um, but I'm definitely excited for the Bucks in this Super Bowl. You know, um, it was kind of the joke on Twitter <laughs> during the game and after the game. You know, the Buccaneers basically just the the Cardinals East. Now, if you're not not a Cardinals fan, you probably didn't see any of that. But you know, um, a vast majority of the the Bucks coaching staff are former Cardinals. You know, Cardinals coaches under Bruce Arians when he was here. Brought all, most of, if not all of his, or a lot of his guys um, with him to. Um, to Tampa, brought quite a few players, you know, Dion Buchanan, um, sticks out as, as one of the better ones currently on the roster. Um, but you know, AQ Shipley, who, um, is on IR and, and then obviously you got the backup quarterbacks playing Gabbert and Drew Stanton, you know, always be a, always be a big Drew Stanton guy after, you know, not necessarily his on the field play, but I mean, granted he was pretty good. I, I liked him on the field. He wasn't a bad quarterback, but his, um, <laughs> his dance in the, in that, um, 2015 Seahawks game, um, will always stand out there. So definitely, um, cheering for the Bucks in this one, but that's not to say that I don't also like the Chiefs. You know, this is one of the, this is a Super Bowl where honestly, Honestly, even coming into the Super Bowl, any of the four teams that could have made it this weekend, I really liked all of them. It was hard to hate any of these teams. Um, they're all just pretty likable teams. The Chiefs, you know, um, granted they won last year, so 
it's not definitely not a huge bummer if they lose out on this one. But I also wouldn't hate um, if the Chiefs win this one. They actually they look very good in their AFC Championship game. So definitely be interesting. We'll preview the Super Bowl coming up next week, um, probably on Thursday podcasting, as well as giving out some prop bets and all of that. So stay tuned for all of that. Um, but enough talk about the NFL. Let's get into college basketball, um, the heart of the podcast right now. Um, one thing that happened um, towards the end of last week, over the weekend, I don't remember exactly what it was, but when it was, we definitely haven't covered it on the podcast. Larry Scott out as the Pac-12 commissioner. Um, and I've seen, I don't know, kind of half joking, maybe half not. Um, Dave Pash was pushing for it for sure. Um, Bill Walton as the new Pac-12 commissioner. Um, well, an absolutely insane move if they were to do it, because I, I mean, I think the Pac-12 would become even more of a joke than it already is. Personally, I would absolutely love it. You know, <laughs> Bill Walton is say what you want about him. Definitely got some crazy tendencies um, <laughs> as, as of late um, with some of his announcing, but he's just a fun guy to watch, fun guy to listen to. But he's someone who you can't have you can't have calling every game, or else he'll drive you absolutely and crazy, go absolutely crazy. So um, definitely just something to take a look at. And, you know, we've seen a lot of teams um, this season go on pause and whatnot. Um, one team that had to do that over the weekend was Michigan. Um, Michigan halts all of their athletic program um, activities after I think there was about, I think there was like something like five positive tests within the athletic um, facilities or whatever it was there. So two weeks out for all of Michigan sports. But I did see that there was a petition going, not a petition, a statement from the Michigan players or whatever, um, asking the university, you know, let them play. Um, considering that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't any of the players from um, a sport or anything, I don't think that were that were positive. So it'll be interesting to see if Michigan is able to get back um, before that two weeks, or if um, they really are going to have to wait out. And it's it's kind of crazy. This Michigan team, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how their season finishes. You know, how they're how they play after they get back from this two weeks. And we've seen some teams play very good after they get back from that. But um, just an interesting thought there. And another, I guess, not necessarily team, but a guy that. Um, that has to be isolated for some time is Shaka Smart of Texas um, will be away from the team for probably the next two weeks or so. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Texas can keep winning without him. Um, um, how good, how good they can keep playing with the lack of him there, you know, still going to be involved with the team just remotely um, whatnot. I don't know if he's going to be, how that's going to work for games <laughs> um, necessarily. I would, I can't imagine that he's going to be zooming into the game, but <laughs> um, just an interesting, another interesting thing. Um, but another team, a team that we saw lose over the weekend that shocking maybe, but just just kind of weird was Clemson. Another absolutely just horrible loss. Um, you know, they lost, they had a terrible loss to Virginia last week. And then this week against Florida State, just an, another absolutely bad loss for this Clemson team. A team that looked like it would be, you know, one of, if not the best de um, defenses in the comp <laughs> company, country, just a few weeks ago has kind of fallen very, very fast. Um, but you know, the ACC is absolutely horrible this year. So who knows what's going to happen to Clemson. Um, but definitely Virginia and Florida state, um, definitely sitting at the top of the ACC right now, it would appear. Um, but speaking of conferences, looking at the SEC a little bit, two teams that sort of came out of nowhere this year, you know, Missouri and Alabama, that is, um, Missouri has played, um, has had good teams in the past, obviously, you know, they're not, they're not always, they're not always a contender, not a, not a blue blood program or anything, but they've had good basketball teams in the past, but Alabama, it seems like it's been a very long time since Alabama 
has been good at basketball. And right now they are very, very good at basketball. So um, this Alabama-Missouri game, you know, happening, I think it's, uh, I think next week or something is when they're playing. Um, That'll be definitely a good game. Um, But another game that I'm excited to see when we finally get it, we're supposed to get it two weeks ago, but that is Drake and Loyola Chicago. Yes, that is right. Drake is finally back. (laughs) Finally, finally, finally. Um, It's definitely been a long two weeks as, as far as betting goes. You know, Drake has basically... Not basically. They have been printing me free money um, this entire season. You know, I've bet on Drake. I don't even remember what the stat was this time. You know, they're thirteen and zero on the season. Um, I think eleven and zero against the spread. And I think I've bet on them in eight of those games. And I've honestly, as of late, just been betting on them blindly, um, which I will continue to do as long as they keep winning. But you know, this Loyola Chicago team has, with in the last two weeks, you know, even before that, has been playing very good. Um, and they're one of, if not the top, um, uh, mid-major teams in the country. I mean, the hot to bet rankings, I mean, for sure, they're, they're super high. Um, but that'll definitely be a good game between Drake and Loyola Chicago um, in a couple weeks when they score off. So definitely something to look at. Um, and kind of on the, not necessarily the other end of the spectrum, but two teams that are undefeated and getting more praise um, in Gonzaga and Baylor. They stay number one and number two in the AP pool. And for good reason. I think that it's pretty obvious as of right now that those are the best two teams in the country. I don't think anyone's really putting up a fight um, for anyone else. Right now, it's such a shame that we didn't get that game earlier in the season. That would have been probably the game of the year. Um, hopefully, we're able to get it in March Madness or something. Um, I mean, it'd be a great national championship game, obviously. But we we do know <laughs> for March Madness, that's not exactly how that all plays out. So it's kind of more unlikely that that would happen. But um, definitely, definitely the two best teams in the country. Hope they get a game in. I, I know there's some rumors that they could potentially be playing um, before the end of the season. But, you know, Baylor's already got some um, Big 12 games, I think, to reschedule. So I would I would be kind of shocked if they get that game rescheduled. But hopefully we get to see it. Um, and that about wraps that up for college basketball news um, for this week. All right, getting into some picks for this week. Starting off on Tuesday, January 29th. Not 29th, <laughs> January 26th, that is. Um, first game we got, we got an American showdown between SMU and Memphis. Um, SMU comes into this game as two point underdogs. Both these teams have played decently well through the season. You know, SMU, while they have kind of struggled, um, once in, in conference play here a couple times, they are eight and two on the season. You know, Memphis eight and five on the season. Um, Memphis has some, some weird losses in there too. Um, but SMU has been shooting the ball very, very well. 36.2% from three, 73.8% from the free throw line with effective field goal percentage of 53.6. Um, well, Memphis, on the other hand, 335 from um, beyond the arc, 62.2 from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of 48.4. Um, you know, SMU shooting the ball slightly better. Definitely give them the slight edge there. But one thing that really sticks out about this SMU team is just not turning the ball over. They've only turned it over on 18% of their possessions, while Memphis turning it over on 21%. Um, 21.4% of their possessions, that is. Um, and SMU, just a more efficient team, clearly on offense. 34th in offensive efficiency. Memphis, 142 in, def- in offensive efficiency. And well, Memphis does have a very good defense, and that's kind of their, their selling point in this. I think that this SMU team um, is going to be able to shut down this um, as, uh, this Memphis defense. I don't think this Memphis defense is as good as, you know, they've necessarily been hyped up or if people have said so. Definitely like SMU um, plus the two in that one. Um, and now the next game we got is a game that I'm definitely excited for. Definitely a game that I've been waiting two weeks for <laughs> at this point. 
Um, and that is the return of Drake basketball. Drake taking on Missouri State. Drake, um, three and a half point favorites in this game. Um, both these teams come in with good records. You know, Drake 13 and 0 on the season. Um, undefeated, obviously. Missouri State 9 and 1 on the season. Um, and while this Drake team, you know, we'll get into the stats and, and this stuff a little bit here later. Um, like I said earlier, the real reason that I'm still betting on this Drake team is because this Drake team wins basketball games and they win we money betting. Um, we are 7-0 or 8-0, I think it's 8-0 at this point, um, when we have bet on Drake so far this season. And honestly, until they lose me money, I'm just going to keep rolling with this Drake team. Um, it's just been an absolute ride, just an absolute fun team to watch. Even when you think in a game where you think they're <laughs> they're not in it, somehow they'll, they'll do something crazy and win a game. Um, but they've also just been playing very well too, you know, shooting the ball from three very well, 43.5% from beyond the arc. Missouri State, not not terrible at 35.6 um but not not nearly as good as drake um but one thing that this drake is is their their offensive rebounding you know getting um pulling the ball off the board 36.4 percent of offensive rebounds well missouri state only 21.9 um and a gap like that when it comes to rebounding is definitely very impressive drake can get a lot of second chance opportunities in this one um, and Drake is just a better team on both sides of the ball. 44th in adjusted offensive efficiency, 94th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Missouri State, on the other hand, 94th in adjusted offensive efficiency, um, and a 186 or 162 that is um, in defensive efficiency. So, um, definitely like Drake in this one to cover that three and a half point spread. Um, and the final game that we got for Tuesday's card, we got Georgia Tech taking on Duke. Georgia Tech five point underdogs in this game. Um, and I'll be quite honest about this Georgia Tech team. I didn't pay nearly much attention to them at all um, before this before last weekend here, and now I'm drawing a blank on who they played on Saturday. Um, but that game on Saturday, this Georgia Tech team did look like a, a very very good basketball team. Um, um, in that game, you know, Georgia Tech comes into this game seven and four on the season. Duke, honestly, on the outside of the the tournament, looking in at this point at five and five. Um, and Georgia Tech has shot the ball extremely well. You know, thirty eight point three percent from three, seventy one point six percent. From the free throw line with an effective field goal percentage of 55%. Duke, on the other hand, 33.2%, 67.3% um, from the free throw line and an effective field goal percentage of 513 Um, And, you know, Coach K ripped uh, ripping that um, student the other day for <laughs> for asking why they're losing and whatnot. And it's just, it's just not a Duke basketball team that's really been winning a whole lot of games. And this Georgia Tech team, on the other hand, kind of sitting at the back of the ACC. Not in the back of the ACC, but sitting... Sitting quietly in the ACC, um, they look like a team that could definitely come out of nowhere and make some sort of run here late in the season. So, um, you know, and they've done a very good job not turning the ball over, only turning over on 60, 16% of their possessions, while Duke turning it over on 19.3% of theirs. So um, definitely like Georgia Tech plus the five points here um, to beat Duke in that game. So that about wraps that up for Tuesday's picks. Uh, moving on to Wednesday's picks. Um, we start out in the ACC with a matchup between Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. Um, now, Notre Dame hasn't played tremendously well this season, 5-8 and eight on the year, while Virginia Tech 11-3, um, definitely a better record as far as that. And, you know, Notre Dame struggled early on in conference play. You know, they lost the first matchup against um, Virginia Tech a few weeks ago. Um, and they've just kind of just kind of struggled early on. But, you know, in the last two games, you know, on a two game win streak um, now, which, you know, isn't huge, but they looked very, very good against Miami um, and their game on Sunday. <clears throat> and this Notre Dame team kind of feels like a team that, um, again, is probably going to make a little bit of noise in the ACC. They're shooting the ball very well right now. 78.3 from the free throw line, 638.4 percent from three. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, 73.3 from the free throw line. 
um, and only 34.2% from three. Um, but this Notre Dame team is just a very good offensive team. You know, 23rd in offensive efficiency, Virginia Tech, 46th in adjusted offensive efficiency. So I like Notre Dame to cover the spread um, and take care of business in that game. Um, the next game we got on Wednesday's card, we got Ole Miss taking on Arkansas. Um, Arkansas, a slight favorite in this one. <clears throat> um, Mississippi comes into this game at eight and six. Um, Arkansas, twelve and four. And Arkansas, well, they're definitely not, you know, necessarily at the top of the SEC with you know the Bamas and the Missouris of of this year. Um, they are a very good basketball team, you know. Um, when they played Missouri a few weeks ago, put up a really good fight against them. Um, definitely an entertaining game to watch um, for sure. Um, and they come into this game shooting the ball very well, 34.3% from three, 73.4% from the free throw line. Mississippi, on the other hand, 29.6% from three with a 664 uh, from the free throw line. Um, and once that, that kind of, you know, this Arkansas team um, is really just a better offensive team all around. You know, 48th in adjusted offensive efficiency, uh, Ole Miss 104 in adjusted offensive efficiency. Um, and, and I really just like this Arkansas team. They've kind of been underrated in the SEC all year. Um, and while Mississippi is not necessarily a, a great team at home in this one, I think Arkansas will take care of them in that game. Um, and the final game we got for Wednesday, um, we got Drake taking on Missouri State. Now, if you're listening to the podcast full th- the way through, you saw yesterday's picks. Um, we're obviously on Drake on Tuesday's card as well. Um, now, this game really comes down to the result of Tuesday's game. Because if I'm being completely honest, um, like I said before, the reason I've been betting on Drake so much is because they just keep winning basketball games. Um, so assuming that they covered um, in Tuesday's game, I like Drake again tonight um, to cover whatever the spread ends up being. Four, three and a half, um, four and a half. However, really, honestly, however high it gets, <laughs> this Drake team. They've just been an absolute cover machine, making me all sorts of money this year. You know, shooting the ball very well from three, 43.5% from three. Um, Missouri State, 356 from three. Um, Drake also playing very well just on both sides of the basketball. 44, uh, fourth um, in adjusted offensive efficiency, 94th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Missouri State, 94 in adjusted offensive efficiency, 162 in adjusted defensive efficiency. So um, definitely check out check out Twitter and Instagram um, to see if Drake is on the official card for Wednesday. Um, but that's that's basically pending the result on Tuesday. I mean, even if they honestly, even if they don't cover on Tuesday, there's still a chance that this card or this play. Um, Still, still happens on on Wednesday's card, but definitely take a look at Twitter, Instagram, and on the website um, to see what my official play is. But definitely like Drake um, to cover again in that one to wrap up Wednesday's card. Um, and finally, moving on to Thursday's card, the first game we got we got Belmont taking on Austin P. Now this is a very you know the Ohio Valley is a fun conference to watch. Um, Belmont comes into this game kind of sneaking in at sixteen and one, not getting a whole lot of publicity. Um, but Austin P comes into this game at eight and five. Um, Belmont has just been playing very good basketball this season. You know they lost a couple of, uh, of key players to grow, um, to transfer, um, but they've they've shot the ball very well without him. You know thirty five point six from three, seventy six point six from the free throw line with an effective field goal percentage of fifty seven point four. Um, while Austin P on the other hand, 29.2 from three, 71.6 from the free throw line and an effective field goal percentage of 48.8. Um, but Belmont really, really just better team, both sides of the ball, um, coming into this game, 62nd in offensive efficiency, 158 in defensive efficiency, while Austin P 129 in offensive efficiency and 305 in defensive efficiency. So definitely like Belmont, um, to continue and continue their winning, uh, their winning ways and get the cover in that game. Um, the final game we got on Thursday, 
A big East showdown, got Villanova taking on UConn. Uh, Villanova comes in as the third ranked team in the hot tip at rankings at 10-1. UConn 34th um, at 7-3. and um, And while UConn has played some pretty good basketball um, in their first year um, of, of big East play, they really they, they haven't been as good quite as good as as I was expect um to be um to be quite honest you know their effective field goal percentage only forty eight point three which is not anything to to write home about um Villanova on the other hand fifty four point eight uh, effective field goal percentage um and one thing that really sticks out about this UConn team is them turning the ball over turning it over on nineteen point one percent of their possessions um which is not a good number at all um hard to win basketball games when you're turning over that much. Villanova on the other hand only turning over on 11.9% of their possessions. Um and Villanova just has honestly one of the best offenses in the country. Fourth in offensive efficiency um while Yukon 42nd in adjusted offensive efficiency. So definitely like Villanova um to get the win and to cover the spread to close out Thursday's card. And that about wraps that up for um this week's episode of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. Um make sure if you're not already checking out the computer picks on the website head over there got horse racing picks up there daily got college basketball um nba nhl picks up there every day so um as we get out of football season here you got all of those up there um as well as obviously um there'll be picks up for the super bowl and and whatnot and i'm i'm not sure um college football um the um um, fcs level football will have some of those games um coming up here in the spring i don't know if they're going to be if there's going to be betting lines out for those if there is betting lines we'll have the computer model um we'll definitely have picks up on the website um if not um then yeah they won't be up there but um also check out the rankings up on the website currently we got college basketball and nba rankings up on the website um i'm working on getting the nhl rankings all sorted out um and up on the website going a little slower than i would like um but um hopefully we can get those up here in the next few weeks or so also take a look at all the results pages um on hot tip bets kind of revamped a lot of those um over the last few weeks hopefully you know updated some errors in the pages to make them make them more accurate um and whatnot and and just did some other stuff to make them load a little bit faster because i know they were kind of slow loading pages um there for a while so definitely go take a look at all those put a lot of time um into making sure those are as accurate as possible and please if you see if you see uh, a game that's, you know, scored wrong, you know, got a win as a loss or a loss as a win, um, definitely reach out um, and let me know on those. Also, reach out if you see a game. There's a, Sometimes we'll have games that just didn't even happen, somehow got <laughs> posted up there um, with picks that just come out of nowhere. So um, reach out if you, <laughs> you see any of those. I try to um, take those down when I see them up there. Also, reach out if there's a game that did happen and we had a pick for on the website that just didn't appear in the results Um um, you know, if it's more than a day after the fact, it's not probably going to get fixed unless you reach out or I just happen to notice um, when I'm looking through all those. But um, yeah, definitely take a look at all those. Um, let me know. And always, always make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Hot Tip Bets Chris um, to stay up to date on all of the all the stuff I'm betting on um, and all the news um, and everything. Also, make sure you're following the Hot Tip Bets account on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Um, also subscribe on YouTube. Make sure if you're watching this video on YouTube or any of the videos on YouTube to like, um, hit subscribe. Also follow the podcast on whatever platform, you know, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, so like it there, follow there, download the podcast. Um, and yeah, that about wraps this episode up of the Hot Tip Bets podcast. And I'll see you guys all on Friday.